Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Now take your Bibles and turn with me to Mark chapter 5 because we're going to talk about issues. Our society has a lot of issues. And they seem to be magnifying and multiplying almost on a daily basis. When you look at Scripture, you'll notice that Jesus spent three and a half years of ministry doing nothing but dealing with issues. Issues that people had, issues that people were born with, issues that people somehow acquired. Issues with authorities, issues with Satan, issues with sickness and disease and infirmities, issues with death. And in each case, as he dealt with these issues, he overcame them by the power of the Holy Spirit that resided in him and worked through him. So today I want to talk to you about issues. We're experiencing so many of them in our society around us. And let me tell you, folks, it may be that some think we've never seen a time like this before. Can I tell you, we have lived through times like this before. It's simply that with the, with the uh, magnification of media, we're seeing things that we've never seen 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, or even generations ago. So it seems that the problem is greater and more profound. And I've got to tell you something, there is no easy answers to a very complicated issue that's happening in our society. When you look at the life of Jesus Christ, he himself dealt with prejudice. You remember in John chapter 1 when Jesus called, excuse me, Philip to come and follow him? Philip went and found his brother Nathaniel, I think it's in verse 46 if I remember right. And he said to, verse 45, he said to Nathaniel, his brother, come see the one that Moses wrote about. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. And then Nathaniel said in verse 46, how can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He was prejudiced against Jesus because of where he was from. Folks, that's happening around us today all the time. But I want you to note Andrew's response in the next verse, verse 47. Andrew said, just come and see. Just come and see. Notice he didn't argue with him, but rather he invited him. Can I tell you, as born-again believers, the solution, the way we should respond around us is not to argue, but to simply invite. Come and see the one that changed my life. Come see the one that will make a difference in your life on a daily basis. That's what Philip said to Nathaniel. Just come and see. Stop arguing, church, and begin inviting. Begin encouraging people to come and experience Jesus. When you look on back, you'll see that Jesus dealt with prejudice in other ways. The Samaritans were looked down on. They were considered dogs by the Jews. Hardly worthy even of breath of life. But Jesus said in John chapter 4, I have to go through Samaria. Why? Because he wanted to draw us a picture through his words and through his actions of how to overcome prejudice. The disciples were appalled. They didn't want to do it. But Jesus had an appointment with a woman at the well. And there he read her mail and brought life to her. He simply gave her the opportunity to believe that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then when she believed, what did she do? She went back into the city of Sychar and told all the men, this is the one. Come see the man who's told me everything that I ever did. You see, Jesus overcame prejudice by offering life, by offering hope, by offering love, by offering change 
Church, that has got to be our position. We cannot fight against one another, argue with one another, but we've got to come to the place where we share the love, the hope, and the grace that's in Jesus Christ. You can argue all day long and never change a mind. But if you live and serve in the love of Jesus Christ, you just may change a heart. And when the heart changes, the mind changes as well. I'm the first to tell you that we have issues in our society today because the church has dropped the ball for hundreds of years. We've allowed ourselves to become divided by race and by color and by ethnicity when that's not the will of God. We should not have black churches and white churches. There is only one church, and it's those who are blood-bought by Jesus Christ, the redeemed through the power of His name, those who have called upon Him. And the church has dropped the ball. The church has wronged many because we've excluded them from our worship because they don't look like us, or they don't talk like us, or they don't act like us. I'm thrilled every time I look across the sanctuary, and I know that you watching online represent the same thing. People from every ethnicity, people from every color are in this place today for one reason, to worship the King of Kings because they have been invited to know Him, not argue about who we are. I believe it was E.B. Hill who said, if you come to the altar with color on your mind and you get up and leave with color still on your mind, you need to go back to the altar again. You see, it's not that God doesn't see color. He certainly does. He made us this way. So, of course, He does. To say that is probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Of course, He does. But what the difference is, God doesn't distinguish between the color of our skin. God so loves the world that He gave His Son to die for everyone. And there is no discrimination in the true church of Jesus Christ. You know, I thought about this uh, the last couple of weeks, and I thought, you know, I need some help sharing this concept. And I found a clip from Priscilla Shire. Most of you know who she is, Tony Evans' daughter. She came to fame through the movie War Room. And I want you to listen and watch this clip. Would you go ahead and play that for me, please? I do not describe myself as a black woman because that gives too much power to my blackness. I don't want black, my race, to be the describing adjective, the defining adjective of who I am as a woman. I am not a black woman, I am a Christian woman who happens to be black. to describe the noun of who you are. And if there's going to be an adjective describing me, it is not going to be my race. It is going to be that I am a woman who believes in every single thing that my word, that my God has declared to be true. And I will stand firmly on the promises of his word because I will be girded in truth. So you may be a black woman, a black man, a white woman, a white man, but that should not define you. So that if your race or if your political group is going in a different direction than the word of God, you don't choose your blackness or your whiteness or whatever culture you are, you do not choose that. Or your political persuasion over what it is that God's word declares to be true. but God doesn't ride the backs of donkeys or elephants. He did not come to take sides. He came to take over. 
He came to take over. Amen. amen. If you can't say amen to that, there's something wrong with you. That's good preaching. She said it better than I ever could, so I just wanted you to hear that, digest it, ingest it, make it a part of your life. Come on, stop calling each other by color. Call each other by name. You're my brother, you're my sister, I don't care what color you are. It just doesn't matter. Of course we notice, but why argue when we have the opportunity to invite? Let's follow the example of Philip when we're dealing with this particular issue. Stop arguing and start inviting. Folks, I assure you, this is one of the few churches in Tallahassee, maybe even in the southeast, where it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, you are welcomed and you are loved. And we want you to know that and we want you to be a part of what God is doing through His Son, Jesus Christ, right here at All Nations. Can you say amen? amen. So use those invite cards or out at guest services and invite someone to come and experience the love of the Savior. The love that changes hearts and changes lives. So now we look at our text this morning from Mark chapter 5, and we see the story of a woman who had an issue. Now, please understand, I'm not going to bend Scripture. The word issue in the Greek literally means a flow or a force. So I'm not going to say that she had an issue like ours. She had a physical dilemma that was described as an issue of blood. And it ruled and ruined her life for 12 long years. Beginning in verse 25, Mark chapter 5, from the New King James. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. She had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Let that sink in. She invested everything trying to find a remedy. She didn't get any better. She got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I may be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body. She was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Who touched me? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction." There are three things that this affliction, this issue, this flow of blood did to this woman. Number one, it made her weak. She was losing her life blood every single day. Number two, it made her unclean by Jewish law. She wasn't allowed to be in a crowd. She wasn't allowed to be in a throng. It made her unclean. She couldn't go to the temple and worship. It made her unclean. It disqualified her. And number three, it made her miserable. Can I tell you today, you may not have the same issue, but any of us who are dealing with issues find the same things happening in our life. And if you're dealing with the issue of sin in your life, sin will always make you weak as a believer. Come on, you can say amen or say oh me. It's time to clean up the act and walk right according to the word of God. Sin will always make you weak. Sin will always make you unclean in the sight of God. It separates us 
from the living God. And sin will always make us miserable, miserable. So when I read this story, I see five truths I want to share with you this morning about what happened to this woman when she came in contact with Jesus Christ. And if you'll listen and open your heart, if you'll open your heart, God will do for you what he did for this woman with the issue of blood. Three things he did for her, five things he did for you. I want you to see it this morning. Number one, she desired to be made whole. How do I know that? Because when you read verse 26, it says she spent everything she had trying to find a remedy. She went to every doctor she could find. She bought every supplement the internet offered. She was doing all she could to find an answer. She spent all of her resources. She was exhausted, had nothing left. And then it says she was none the better. She didn't get any better at all. Nothing helped. Nothing worked. It didn't make her improve in this condition. She tried to find a way of deliverance, a way of healing, but she went to the wrong source. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. You've been in your misery, in your problem, in your issue way too long because you've been going to the wrong source. There's only one who can set things right. His name is Jesus Christ. Maybe some of you went to Dr. False Peace. And old Dr. False Peace, he said, you know, you just need a week at the beach. And if you go to the beach for a week, you'll come back and your issues will be resolved and everything will be fine. So you went to the beach for a week and you enjoyed your time. But when you came back, the problem was still there. It didn't fix the thing. Maybe some of you went to old Dr. Feelgood and he said, really, all you need is to take a Budweiser or Jack Daniels and add a blunt with it and throw in a line of cocaine and you're going to be absolutely fine and your problem will disappear. But when you sobered up, your problem was still there because you're going to the wrong source. You're going to the wrong source. We need to understand that this woman understood she had been to the wrong source again and again and again. Listen to me, write it down, remember it. You will never find a right answer in the wrong place. The only place you'll find the truth and the power of Jesus Christ is revealed through his word, by his spirit, in his presence. You'll never find a right answer looking in the wrong place. Some of you need to stop looking at the liquor store. It's not going to help you. It's going to kill you. Some of you need to stop looking at that dealer on the corner. It's not going to help you. He's going to kill you. We need to understand today that the only solution for the issues of our life are found in Jesus Christ. There is no other answer. There is no other way. So she decided she would exercise. She had to have an answer. She had to know how she could be better. And then number two, she pressed her way through the crowd. I want you to notice that in the scripture. She forced her way is another way to say it. Imagine a crowd of people, probably hundreds if not thousands, shoulder to shoulder, arm to arm, hip to hip, all striving to hear Jesus, to see Jesus, to touch Jesus. And this little woman who was weak, who was miserable, who was sick, said, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what's required. I don't care whose toes I step on. I don't care who I shove out of my way. I'm going to get to him. Some of you need to employ that same strategy today. It doesn't matter who's standing in front of me. Maybe it's a family member saying to you, oh, that gospel stuff, that Jesus stuff, it doesn't work because it didn't work for me. 
Maybe it's your peers saying to you, that'll never work. I've seen a million of them go and so many of them fall away. It just doesn't work. I'm telling you, if you will make up your mind today, it doesn't matter who's in front of me. I'm going to push my way through that crowd until I touch the master. When you do, he will touch you as well. You'll find an answer to your issues when you press your way through. So here's the thing. She didn't care what people thought. She didn't care who ridiculed her. She didn't care who laughed at her. She didn't care who cursed at her. I assure you, in the crowd that day, there were people who were cursing her because she was pushing, pushing through that crowd. People who were resisting her because she was moving through them and trying to get them out of her way. But she did not care. She didn't care if they rejected her. She didn't care if they laughed at her. She didn't care if they cursed her. She didn't care if they pushed her. She was determined to get through the crowd to get to the master. She made up her mind, I'm going to press my way through and touch Jesus. And if what is keeping you, what is keeping you from pressing your way through and getting to Jesus? You need to answer that, that question today. What is it that's holding me back? What is it that's keeping me away? You say, well, I just can't. Oh, listen to me, you can if you decide you can. You see, you need to run to the master. So I can't run. Well, if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. If you can't crawl, scoot. If you can't scoot, then find four friends who will pick you up and get, him into, get you into his presence. Because when you get to the master, things happen. Things happen. She wanted to be made whole. She knew her only answer. Because she had tried everything else, her only answer was Jesus. Number three, she activated her faith. Look at it in verse 28. She said, if I can just touch his clothes. I like the way the King James says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. If I can just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. She realized, come on folks, listen to me this morning. Tune in, don't tune out. She realized that if God could provide a ram in the bush on Mount Moriah for Abraham, he could provide for her. See, she realized that if, if God was able to make a freeway through the Red Sea for Moses and the children of Israel, he would make a way for her. She realized that if God could cause the sun to stand still for Joshua, he would make a way for her. You see, she heard about this Jesus, and she knew that he had raised the dead. He had healed the sick. He had made the lame to walk. She knew that he was able to do all things. She knew that if he could take a 38-year-old man in a graveyard running around naked and make him whole and cause him to be right, he could meet her need as well. Oh, come on, somebody. Quit disqualifying yourself by saying, I don't think you can do for me what he did for somebody else. She said, I'm going to activate my faith. She understood faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She had been hearing what Jesus did. She had been hearing his wonderful acts. She had been hearing his miracles. And she said, if I can just touch him, I'm going to be made whole. Somebody in this room and watching online this morning, you just need to touch him. You need to press through what's standing in front of you and get to Jesus. Because when you do, he's going to make you whole. He's going to touch your life. He's going to revolutionize you. She activated her faith by what she heard and by what she believed. And she knew that faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. 
You see, the problem is too many of us are listening to the wrong thing and expecting a right answer from God. You can't go to the wrong source and get a right answer. You can't listen to the wrong stuff and get a right answer. Can I challenge you one more time? Turn off the television, open the Word of God, and let God speak to you through His Word by the power of Holy Spirit and let Him activate your faith. Because when you do that, something's going to rise up within you and all of a sudden, you're going to say, I'm tired of living where I'm at. I want to go where I ought to be. I'm tired of being who I am. I want to be who God has destined me to be. Faith is going to rise in your spirit. You're going to throw off those old restraints, and you're going to move into a new level and a new way of living and a new way of life. And that issue that has plagued you for years suddenly is gone. Why? Because that's what God does. He's in the transformation business. He's in the chain-breaking business. He is the way maker, miracle worker, light in the darkness. Oh, come on, somebody. It's time to stop listening to that negative stuff you've been pouring into your mind and start hearing the Word of God. Hearing what God declared, what God has already decreed in and over your life. You see, if you'll read the book, you don't mean me to tell you what God wants for your life. Holy Spirit reveals it to you. He makes it clear. He makes it obvious. He makes it evident when we choose to listen to him. Number four, she found victory over her issue. She found victory over her issue. Look at verse 29. It says, and the fountain of her blood, the issue of blood, that flow of blood dried up. And then I like this next phrase. She felt in her body that she was healed. She felt in her body that she was healed. The Bible says when she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, the bleeding stopped, and she felt in her Something happened in her. She knew it. She recognized it. God had done a work in her. Oh, come on, folks. Every now and then, you ought to be able to feel him doing something in you. You ought to be able to experience the power of the Holy Ghost flowing through your life, making a difference in you. I'm not into emotionalism. I'm not into all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you, every now and then, you ought to be able to sing. You ought to be able to shout. You ought to be able to dance. You ought to be able to say, look what the Lord has done for me and what a difference he has made in my life. You ought to feel something when God moves within you. She said, I felt it in my body. You want to know what God does? God sets you free. He releases you. He breaks the chains. And when he does, you see the result. You feel it in your body. Let me illustrate that. That craving for alcohol that never goes away will be gone when you feel him working in you. When you feel that addiction wanting to come into you, the power of Jesus Christ can remove that desire, those old habits, and set you free. When you're often tempted to go back to that computer and watch that pornography again, the power of Christ can move in you and set you free so that you feel it in your body. And then you stand and give him praise and honor and glory because number five, her test became her testimony. Her test became her testimony. Look at verse 30. Jesus said he knew virtue departed from him. And then he said, who touched me? 
The disciples said, what are you talking about? Look at this throng of people around you. Why are you saying who touched me? Hundreds have touched you. But Jesus said, no, I felt healing virtue. Flew from my body into someone else's. Her test became her testimony. She knew she was healed, and Jesus knew she was healed. They both evidenced the work of God flowing in their lives. The disciples said, why are you even saying that? Look at the people that are around you. There's a ton of folks here. How can you even begin to say that? It happened because she activated her face. She pushed through that crowd. And her test then became her testimony when she touched the hem of his garment. Listen, every victory you experience demands a testimony. Every victory demands a testimony. It's time for the people of God to stop being silent and stop declaring, look what the Lord has done for me. Oh, he saved me. What did he save you from? Tell somebody. He delivered me. What did he deliver you from? Tell somebody. He keeps me. What is he keeping you in and what is he keeping you from? Tell somebody. Oh, folks, listen to me. Until we begin to invite and not argue, we will not see the power of God moving in people's lives. But when we choose to invite and not argue, then our test becomes a testimony. The Bible says in verse 33, the woman, with fear and trembling, knowing what was done, fell down and told him the whole truth. What'd she tell him? She said, I've been sick for 12 years. I spent every dime I had trying to find a cure. I've been to every doctor in the area trying to find help and nothing has helped. And I decided today, when I heard you were coming to town, if I could just touch you, I'd be made whole. You notice she didn't say, Jesus, pray for me. She didn't come and say, Lord, would you lay your hands on me? She didn't come and say, Lord, I have this huge need. Only you can meet it. Would you please do it? She never even addressed him. She simply said, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. Oh, come on, folks. You've been bound in some sort of religious ritual for way too long that says you have to do it this way in order to get this result. I've come to tell you this morning, all you have to do is activate your faith, press through the crowd, and see the miracle. Stop relying on man, on form, on religion, on ritual to bring the answer. It will never give it to you. Only Jesus can bring the answer into your heart and into your life. So she told him, I chose to activate my faith. I chose to believe what I had heard. That if you could do it for this one, you would do it for me because God is no respecter of persons. She said, I believe that if you could do it for Moses and Abraham and Daniel and Joshua, you would do it for me. She activated her faith by what she heard and by what she knew. And she said, I knew if I could just touch your clothes. I didn't need your hand on my head. I didn't need you looking in my eyes. I didn't need you speaking to me. I just needed to touch your clothes. You know what that says? I just need to get in your presence. I just need to be close to you. I just need to be by your side. I just need to move everything out of the way so I can touch you. So I can touch you. Oh, folks, I pray that in your spirit this morning, something is rising up. Tom, will you come back saying, if I can just touch him, if I can just get in his presence, then I know he's going to do something in me. 
I can't do anything for you. This church really can't do anything for you. Religion can't do anything for you. But I come to bring you one this morning who certainly can. And if you will just press in, get in his presence and touch him, he's going to touch you and make you whole. Your issues will be resolved when you come to Jesus Christ. What did Jesus say to her? Look at it in verse 34. Daughter. She wasn't now just some stranger in the crowd. She now wasn't just some unnamed, unfaced person. But he called her daughter. 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 We have four daughters. And I love to call them daughter. We have several spiritual daughters. And I love to call them daughter. Because it relays an aspect of intimacy that's not there in other relationships. It means they are close to me. They are under my wing. They're living in my presence. It means I love them and they love me. He didn't call her woman. He called her daughter. Oh, come on, folks. Some of you just need to hear him say, daughter, son, you're close to me. You're important to me. You're precious to me. Go your way. Your faith has made your whole. I love that statement, daughter. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Be whole of the plague. See, it implies a relationship that is established with Jesus Christ. So many people have said that this thing isn't real. The gospel isn't real. Jesus doesn't heal because they missed the first step. And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, everything that I've talked to you about today is predicated upon the fact that she wanted to have a relationship with him. And as soon as she made that effort and made that touch, he extended it to her. He's waiting right now for you to say, I just need you, Jesus. I want to know your touch in my life. And when you do, he's going to say, daughter. He's going to say, son. He's going to open up a door for you that you never dreamt possible and and induce you to a relationship that is intimate and personal and close and real on a daily basis. Whatever your issues, bring them to Jesus. Whatever stands before you and and Him, press through it. Get through it today. Because Jesus can turn your failures into successes. Jesus can turn your sadness into gladness. Jesus can turn your defeats into victories. Jesus can turn your losses into gain. See, only he's able to mend that broken heart. Only he's able to mend that broken relationship. Only he's able to mend that rebellious child and bring them back to him. So whatever your issues may be today, maybe it's physical, maybe it's spiritual, maybe it's physical, maybe it's monetary, doesn't really matter what it is. The answer is still the same. Go to the right source, you'll find the right answer. Listen to the right voice, you'll find the right direction. And that answer, that source is Jesus Christ. Bow your heads with me across this room. You're in this room today. Maybe you're watching online today sitting in your living room or listening on the radio, driving down the road. Well, it doesn't matter where you're at or the position you're in. What matters is that God is calling you to press through the crowd, to activate your faith, 
and to say, Jesus, touch me because I want to be your son or your daughter. That's you. I've just talked about you this morning. You want him to resolve your issues, bring you into relationship, change your life. Right where you're at, even if you're sitting at home, do this. It's a step of faith. Just slip up your hand and say, pray for me. Across this room today. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Come to the right source, you're going to find the right answer. Listen to the right voice, you're going to get the right direction. Jesus is the answer. Anyone else want to join these dozen or so that have slipped up their hand this morning? I need to come to Jesus and let him address my issues. Have that personal relationship with him. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Stand your feet across this room this morning. Online, stand your feet right where you're at. And if you made that statement of faith by slipping up a hand in your living room, in your den, in your car, then as these people respond and come forward, and if you lifted your hand, step out and come this morning. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray for you. God's going to do a work in your life. You're making the first step that she made. You're activating your faith. Come on, don't wait for somebody else. Step out and come. From every section and the balcony, or the risers come this morning. Spread out across the front, and we're going to pray. We're going to believe God to do for you what he did for that woman that we talked about this morning in Mark chapter 5. He's the God that fixes, that solves our issues. He's the God that takes our defeats and turns them to victory, our failures and turns them into successes. He's the God that reverses the course and the situation of our life. Come on, others of you, raise your hand. Don't, don't hold back. There's no shame. There's no disgrace. Just step out and come this morning. Come on. God's going to do something for you in this room today. Step out and come. Bow your heads with me. Those of you watching online, bow your heads with me right now. Father, I lift every man, every woman, both standing in this room and watching online, who've responded to you, who've taken the first step and activated their faith. I lift them before you right now. And I pray for the power of the Spirit of God, the same power that lived and flowed in Jesus Christ, the same power that raised him from the dead to address their issues today. Let your power flow in their lives right now. Let forgiveness flow in their lives right now. Let them hear you say, daughter, son, come to me. I want to touch you. I want to break every chain. I want to set you free. God, do a work in their lives today that they themselves can never accomplish, that only you can do. Touch them right now. And as you did for the woman, in our text this morning, right now, let them feel you moving in their lives. Let them sense new life and hope and help flowing into their beings. Right now, touch those people standing in their living rooms, standing in their dens and their offices, driving down the road, asking you for help. Lord, they come to the right source. Now bring the right answer. God, touch them and let that plague that issue be healed in Jesus' name. Let forgiveness and restoration and renewal flow in their lives today, I pray. And let them feel the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost of God moving within them right now. God, I pray that you do it in Jesus' name. 
as only you can do. Touch them. Make them every bit whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, Tom, sing it out. He's the way maker. Sing it out, church. Come on, declare it. Let him be the way maker in your life today. Honor him, exalt him, magnify him. Let him move in your life this morning. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.